Sup Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap Stimulus Package. Matt and I talked uh, about a lot, particularly the Fed printing infinite cash, opening up the amount of assets they can buy, and uh, the doors to QE Infinity, the failed stimulus bill that did not pass uh, the House today, all the pork that was in that bill, and a, a, a lot of Bitcoin updates too, uh, Bitcoin uh, tech uh, coin join updates. Join market had a really cool update regarding fidelity bonds. We talked about that for a little bit. We had a huge debate towards the end of the episode about whether or not China will be the dominant superpower coming out of this uh, crisis. So I hope you guys enjoy it. This episode was brought to you by our good friends at the Cash App. You freaks know all about them. They just made stats. This stats. Why not keep saying stats? They just made sats the standard. It's a little bit of a the a tongue twister there sats the standard sats are going to be the standard and our good friends at cash app are making that apparent miles Souter, good friend of the show uh, tweeted out last night that android users of the cash app now have the ability to make sats the standard within the cash app and in that same fred thread fred in that same fred in that same thread somebody asked miles hey when are you gonna when are you gonna add auto buys and he said soon the uh he responded soon to that. So it seems like auto buys, like I've been mentioning in these ad reads are coming soon. Just be aware soon is a huge meme in uh, the Bitcoin slash altcoin space. Uh, soon may not be as soon as you think, but it will come eventually, hopefully. Uh, so as you may know, the Cash App lets you stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats, if you so please. They just added Cash App investing, which lets you stack slivers of stonks. If you have a favorite stonk out there that's too expensive, even after this market route the last couple of weeks, you can buy as little as $1. Uh, and because Cash App is directly connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting periods. You can start investing today. Uh, Cash App investing is a member, excuse me, a subsidiary of Square and a member of SIPC member. You get what I'm saying. On top of that, their boost program. Make sure you're looking for boosts that you can use. DoorDash is a great one. During these quarantine times, um, support your local business by ordering from them via DoorDash. Save a little bit of money uh, during these trying times with that boost. If you guys have it wherever you are, use the code StackingSats as always when you download the app. If you have not downloaded the app yet and you're able to do so, download it. Use the code StackingSats. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. Go to your local app store, download the Cash App, and enjoy this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap Stimulus Package. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap, Stimulus Package Edition. We're here on another Monday night. Uh, Matt's popping bottles. I'm sipping on coffee and water. Been drinking too much in quarantine. I need I need like a three-day detox here, Matt. What is up, freaks? Welcome to the weekly Whiskey Mondays podcast. 
Matt drinks whiskey. I sit here and drink coffee. And uh, and we talk about the shit that's going on. Again, we, we threw this stimulus package episode in on Monday nights because uh, obviously we're in the midst of some type of crisis here. There's a lot more news uh, to fit in uh, from week to week. So we decided to cut it up into two episodes. And Matt and I just spent 20 minutes going over the list. So it's a list as long as uh, a weekly rabbit hole recap used to be. Um, it's so Thursday to, to Monday. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Over the weekend, which is historically, you know, is usually the quiet days. Yeah. I forget where we were on fr- uh, Thursday. I think we might have been around this point. We're at, uh, according to Clark Moody's Bitcoin dashboard, hovering around $6,323 sats per dollar is $15,815. Um, fees have been up. I know we touched on that on Thursday, but uh, I think that persisted over the weekend. Uh, yeah, fee the fever subsidy ratio was up a bit. It's at three point seventeen percent. Still not incredibly high, but it's uh, it's encouraging that it's going up a bit. Um, average fees per block are point four BTC. Uh, I don't know how long he's how far back he's looking to, to calculate those averages. But with that being said, we have 7,318 blocks till the halving. It's scheduled right now to happen at May 12th. So a little bit, uh, a little bit later than earlier, a few weeks ago. It was May 9th at one point. Let me find the average block time. Yeah, the average block time this period is 11 minutes and 32 seconds. So looks like hash rate has fallen a bit. It's hovering around 102 exahash per second right now. Those are some good stats. Shout out to Clark Moody for putting that together. Uh, yeah, hash rate has fallen a little bit uh, over over the weekend. Uh, and things are just getting crazier in traditional markets. But before we jump into all of that, Matt, how was your weekend? You working on some guides? My, I have an ever-growing list of guides I'm working on. And... Um, Friends and family keep wondering why I why I say I'm busy when they're trying to. Has everyone has everyone in your family, both me and my lady's family, they all discovered Zoom for the first time, so they all want to do Zoom chats now. We've been uh me and my family we've been heavy on FaceTime. We've been doing a lot of FaceTime chats. FaceTime, I got you, I got you. Yeah, my dad knew my family knew what FaceTime was before, but they just they discovered Zoom like a week ago. And somehow, 10 family members over 60 were able to figure out how to, how to get it going on whatever device they were using without me. Because like I opted, I, I jumped in like 15 minutes late, 20 minutes late. I was really, I was surprised. Should've, I should have bought more Zoom stock. It's, like, it's the only stock I own right now. Zoom. No need for Uncle Jim with, with Zoom. You can figure it out by yourself. Impressive UX. I'm surprised. But yeah, I've been working on the guides. I got my my nodes syncing right now, um, so I'm waiting for that sync to go. I think it's been. It looks like it'll be like right around 20 hours, 21 hours without quick sync um, to sync it to the Raspberry Pi. I have an SSD attached. Um, we linked the parts list uh, last week if you want to buy some parts and work through the guide with us once it's released. Um, Ministry of Nodes just released a really great MyNode guide, so you should check that out too if you're if you're not patient. 
Um, I also got a Pixel 3a because Amazon slashed the price $100 uh, this week. Uh, so now it's under $300 brand new. Um, and I flashed Graphene OS on it, which is a privacy-focused, hardened Android OS. Uh, it's completely de-Googled. There's no Google apps on it. Um, so I, I think I, I should be able to get that guide down to about 15 minutes for the Graphene guide. And I think right now when we see governments around the world um, increasing their surveillance capabilities using the crisis as a um, excuse to do that, uh, now more than ever it's important to use uh, software that that takes your privacy seriously. And uh, it's the only real productive way to fight this kind of encroachment because uh, I don't really think politics works, especially in times of fear um, when everyone just goes along with it. No, I agree. Uh, the bent on Friday was catered towards keeping your your uh, your antennas peaked for privacy and civil liberties encroaching uh, laws that are going to attempt are going to be attempted to be passed and probably will successfully be passed uh, in the wake of this crisis. And only a day later, the Department of Justice moved uh, to make it so that people could be uh, arrested without due process and, and held without trial indefinitely. Uh, I think they're using the guise of the coronavirus as basically they're saying, hey, if we think you're sick and you're not self-quarantining, we have the right to, to lock you up indefinitely. But as we've seen with things like the Patriot Act, uh, those are basically Trojan horses where they'll they'll use that as an excuse and then expand the uh, the offenses to the list and and just abuse that law uh uh, with the doj in particular that case uh it seems their reasoning is uh that they can't conduct a trial because of the virus so you can't get like jury and everyone into the room um so that's why they want to be able to detain you indefinitely without uh, a trial but as we know in the past you know things that get passed during times of crisis uh, it's it's very it's very rare they get rolled back afterwards. And just what one other thing I just if if you are looking forward to those guides, um, you know you we're going to be able to find them at on our YouTube channel, which is tftc.tv. Um, so go there and, and subscribe. It helps the podcast out, and you'll get them first. Definitely smash that subscribe button. Very easy to remember. Tftc.tv our our domain hoarder hooked that up. Our resident domain hoarder made sure. It was very easy for you guys to remember. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so I guess let's yeah let's dive into it. The coronavirus still sweeping the world. Everybody's on lockdown. Uh, markets are reacting. Uh, I, I guess let's focus on what happened last night and today. The Fed basically came out and uh, they announced their their meeting minutes and came out with some pretty pretty big announcements mainly uh, they're going to do QE infinity and Neil Kashkari who is the Federal Reserve the head of the Federal Reserve of Minneapolis came out last night on CN or excuse me on 60 minutes and uh, told the US citizens don't worry the Fed has infinite cash uh, <laughs> at its at its disposal to make sure banks and ATMs have enough money so what very uh, a very very big admission there from Neil Kashkari, and that was actually the 
focus of today's bent. And this is really fascinating that he's saying he said that last night, considering only a month ago uh, at a event where he was invited to come uh, have a conversation at a fireside chat. He said when asked about Bitcoin, funnily enough, and cryptocurrency and how, how it might affect Fed policy. He said the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, it's basically like a giant garbage dumpster. The reason that the dollar has value is because the U.S. government has a legal monopoly on producing the dollar. If you go into your basement and start photocopying your dollars, the Secret Service will come and knock on your door and arrest you. Only the U.S. government has the authority to produce dollars. That scarcity is in part what makes them valuable. So right there, that last line particularly, he's saying, or at least he said at this event last month, that the the scarcity provided by the fact that the U.S. government has a monopoly on the production of dollars uh, it produces a scarcity that gives the dollar value. And then last night <clears throat> on 60 Minutes, he said, you don't need to. Your ATM is safe. Your banks are safe. There's enough cash in the financial system, and there's an infinite amount of cash at the Federal Reserve. We will do whatever we need to do to make sure that there's enough cash in the banking system. So that phrase made famous by Mario Draghi in 2011 or 2012, I believe, will do whatever it takes, seems to be coming back. Uh, and just a month and 11 days after he said that uh, the U.S. dollar has scarcity because only uh, the U.S. government can produce it, which is also uh, a bit of an Orwellian wordplay. The the Fed is plays a big role in the production of dollars, actually. So he's trying to deflect that to the government. But they're all, I mean, the Fed is supposed to be private, but they're really connected at the end of the day. Um, but last night he comes out, and as we're in the midst of this crisis, the Fed can't play that game anymore. They have to uh, posture like they can provide infinite liquidity to the markets as as the economies are grinding to a halt in reaction to the spread of the virus absolutely fucking unreal i i just to see him say it so point blank um but let's just go back a little bit here so our last podcast was thursday on friday uh markets dumped and the dems proposed Completely seriously, they proposed minting two trillion dollar coins, two one trillion dollar <sighs> platinum coins, um, to fund the stimulus. Right? That's fucking insane. Yes, we used to joke about that in college. I remember, like, it was like a joke proposal in college, and now yeah, it so could be reality. Rashida Talib, who I believe, is she Michigan or Minnesota? I think she's Michigan. She's the representative who who proposed it, and yeah, you saw all the all the TV men who have been calling for this to get all horny over it. Yeah, so the the gist of the proposal is, and it's been on the table for years, and like Matt said, has been made fun of on Bitcoin Twitter and uh, Austrian circles for quite some time. The, the My Keynesian business classes made fun of it. Yes, um, but it was seriously proposed two platinum coins each worth a trillion dollars and then the fed adds that to their balance sheet and can do with that what they will but it's, it's like after kashkari's comments last night it doesn't even seem like they need that like it would just be a formality at that point uh, but i mean they're, they're already printing as much money as they want so then after that we had saturday happen so markets were closed 
And then Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern time is when futures open, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. And Trump... Limit down. Keep doing the... He he continues to try and do the Justin Sun playbook. And so he released a speech. He was going to... He spoke at 6 p.m. right as the futures opened. And they didn't even give him a chance to speak. Three minutes in, it limited down to 5%. Circuit breaker got hit, and their markets were closed till the morning. I believe that was a record. And I believe the circuit breakers were triggered because the market was expecting him to announce uh, that Republicans and Democrats and the House and the Senate had come together and signed a stimulus package to, to save us from this virus. Uh, but that did not happen, as as many of you know, by this point. And I guess they had a vote on the floor today uh, to try to pass it again. And uh, the the bill did not pass again and markets tanked and it's coming coming out the the actual bill is coming to the public and it really reminds me of tarp and this is what set me on the path to studying economics and eventually finding bitcoin and uh, championing bitcoin and, and being a, a bitcoin evangelist if you will because i remember how pissed off i was as a 17 year old in an economics elective class going through the tarp bill and all the quote-unquote pork that was included in the Texas Toxic Asset Relief Program bill that was supposed to save the economy in a very dire time. And it became very glaringly obvious that the powers that be mainly in uh, the House of Representatives and in Congress have ulterior motives and were trying to sneak, and did successfully with TARP, sneak uh, provisions into that bill that had nothing to do with the financial crisis. So this time around doesn't seem like anything has changed uh here's a couple of clauses that uh, nancy pelosi and crew wanted to include in the bill uh so here's somebody who was covering this really well on twitter wall wall me at wall wall me matt wall is his name uh he first retweeted rachel bovard pelosi's covid19 bill is 1,119 pages that contains provisions for conducting risk-limiting audits of results of elections. So uh, section part eight, section 298, line 18, availability of grants. The commission shall make a grant to each eligible state to conduct risk-limiting audits as described in subsection B with respect to the regularly scheduled general elections for federal office. So that's the first one of many. Second one, while while me tweeted this out, uh, Nancy Pelosi and crew wanted to make it so if the bill was passed, there would be a study commission on climate change. So section 707, study on certain climate change mitigation efforts. In general, no later than 90 days after the date of the enactment of this act, the Secretary of Transportation shall seek to enter into an agreement with the National Academic Academies, excuse me, of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine to conduct a study on climate change mitigation efforts with respect to the civil aviation and aerospace industries. Tacked onto that, uh, <laughs> you wanted to replenish African Development Fund to help America, uh, and so uh, something completely unrelated. Uh, African Development Fund, the African Development Fund Act 22 U.S.C. 290G at SECA uh, is amended by adding at the end of the following new section. So they wanted to amend another 
uh, act and another fund. In general, the United States governor of the fund is authorized to contribute on behalf of the United States $513,900,000 to the 15th replenishment of the resources of the fund. So they just wanted to sneak in uh, half a billion dollars with the funding to something completely unrelated. Uh, and then lastly, uh, she, the I'm not... Uh, Nancy Pelosi signing all this and handed it over. She wasn't the only one contributing to this, but she played a big part. Uh, how does forcing airlines to disclose greenhouse gas emissions help fight coronavirus? So uh, section 706, improving consumer information regarding release of greenhouse gases from flights. In general, not, not later than January 1st, 2023, the Secretary of Transportation shall develop and implement by regulation, a program to require air carriers to receive assistance under Section 101, provide passengers with information regarding greenhouse gas emissions resulting from each individual flight. So they, before you got on your flight, they wanted so the, the airlines tell you how much greenhouse, greenhouse gases are going to emit into the atmosphere. And again, this is what I talked about with Kyle Bass and Parker Lewis. They, they seem to think that the Fed cannot do this alone. They need fiscal stimulus, which this bill is supposed to provide. And these assholes in the House of Representatives in Congress are playing fucking games. When the situation seems to be dire, they're trying to, to push uh, their ulterior motives on the public. It's fucking disgusting. This is what always happens. You know, this is when you get to add all the pork belly into their uh, pork barrel into their and uh, everyone has their own little pet cause and their own lobbyists that pay them off. And all of our politicians are bought and paid for. Um, this is why I, I like the route of opting out rather than, you know, fighting them in the corrupt game that already exists, that they've, they've established for themselves. And then the other thing I'd like to add is it just, I think it highlights to me and everyone else watching that they really have no idea what's going on in terms of the Fed and Trump and and just the politicians uh, doing this, the stimulus with the $2 trillion coins. They have no idea what's going on. They are running around with their heads cut off. And meanwhile, markets keep on tanking because nothing they can do can stop that. For, like if, if you announce infinite QE and the markets are still down, that's, that's, pretty, you know, that's pretty telling, I would say. Yes. These people don't give a shit about you. Like, and that's what pisses me off. Like Matt, I prefer to opt out. That's why we do this podcast. That's why we talk about Bitcoin. That's why we're encouraging everybody to use open source software, free and open source software that can allow us to build a free or more open system <clears throat> that is completely anathema to what the people in the U.S. government, I'll just speak about our government specifically, are doing. Again, the, like, it, apparently the country's in dire need. They're trying to make it in and we're on the ropes here and we need them to uh, pass the stimulus bill and they can't just focus on what needs to be done. They need to get their ulterior motives across and fuck these people. They do not give a shit about you. They are not going to get us out of this problem. If anything, the passing of this bill and the, the infinite money printing is just going to exacerbate the problem longer. And we really, like, that's what I said in the bent today, individuals, anybody listening to this podcast, and, and I'm sure a lot of you already are, if you're, if you're listening to this, you're, you're pro I'm probably, um, just speaking to the choir here, but spread the message. Like we're, 
Nancy Pelosi and crew is not going to fix this problem. Neil Kashkari and Jerome Powell are not going to fix this problem. These are systemic societal problems and they need to be fixed from the bottom up, starting with the individual. How can you better yourself and then better your community and then better your local government? Think about that first. Don't think about having fucking Cuomo come out and saying he wants to nationalize oh, fuck the fucking it, supply chain, dude. It's because we said a couple good words about him last week. He had to he had to come and fuck us with that. Look, they're all bought and paid for. Both sides, ninety five percent of them, ninety eight percent of them bought and paid for. You're never gonna get any solution out of that. Uh, meanwhile, Bitcoin's no. up, so we got that going for us. Is it officially decoupled yet? In my mind, it's always decoupled, but I I would say no, probably not. Um, but it's teasing it. It's teasing it. It honestly, these are the kind of times where. There's two crazy things that could happen, right? Is if you have your if you have your Bitcoin on a with a custodian in in very volatile times, there's chan- high way higher risk that you lose your money because either they uh, end up losing a ton of money or it just the volatility shows their it exposes them even though they were already insolvent. So you have that risk, but I also think you have the opposite side. Uh, this feels like the type of days where you could have one of those Bitcoin Tina, like rip your nads off wicks, you know, where at any moment you can just, the price could just go ridiculous to the upside. Right. And I, I, so I've been feeling FOMO. I've been just trying to control my FOMO. Uh, but yeah, I have as well. I have as well. And, but to induce further FOMO, let's go into the, the nitty gritty of the feds policy. We're not done with these assholes yet. Um, so, uh, over the weekend they announced, or this morning they announced, excuse me, uh, their measures that they're going to make. So the federal reserves role and guided by this mandate from Congress to promote maximum employment, stable prices, along with its responsibilities to promote the stability of the financial system in support of these goals. The federal reserve is using its full range of authorities to provide powerful support for the flow of credit to American families and businesses. So now we're about to get into what they've actually uh, changed in their policy and what they're going to do moving forward, which is pretty fucking drastic. Uh, so they're going to support critical market functioning. The Federal Open Market Committee will purchase treasury securities and agency mortgage-backed securities in the amounts needed to support smooth market functioning and effective transmission of monetary policy to broader financial conditions and the economy. The FDMC has previously announced it would purchase at least $500 billion of Treasury securities and at least $200 billion of MBSs. In addition, the FOMC will include purchases of agency commercial-backed securities in its agency mortgage-backed security purchases. So a couple of things here. It is completely eliminated, like dollar amounts that they will support the market with. So they, they, they mentioned previously, they said they'd support it with $500 billion. Now the, the uh, literature is saying... Uh, excuse me, uh, will purchase treasury securities and agency mortgage-backed securities in the amounts needed to support smooth market functioning. So as much as it takes. That's one thing. And then two, in that line, uh, they added another type of uh, another type of asset that they can buy there. They've extended this MBS market to commercial real estate, it seems. So they're going to be able to buy uh, commercial real estate mortgage-backed securities as well as... Uh, just regular home MBSs. 
Okay, that's first bullet point. First of one, two, <laughs> three, f- six. Uh, so they're going to support the flow of credit to employers, consumers, and businesses by establishing new programs that, taken together, will provide up to $300 billion in new financing. The Department of the Treasury, using the Exchange Stabilization Fund, will provide $30 billion equity to these facilities. So basically extending loans to small businesses and employers, um, establishing new programs, not exactly sure what they are. Um, and to be clear about the first bullet point, it's basically QE infinities here. There's no dollar amounts. They're just going to buy as many securities as they need to. Uh, third bullet point, establishment of two facilities. So new a new sort of mechanism by which they can uh, alleviate the markets or help the markets out to support credit to large employers. The primary market corporate credit facility uh, for new bond and loan issuance and the secondary market corporate credit facility to provide liquidity for outstanding corporate bonds. So this opens up the the floodgates for them allowing to buy corporate debt, which we've been talking a lot about this podcast and in the bed for quite some time. So, so they're officially going to buy the bad debt, a lot of it which was used to facilitate buybacks, which allowed CEOs to retire at the top. Um, not all CEOs, but some. And A lot of them. Yes. So next, we have an establishment of a third facility, the Term Asset Backed Securities Loan Facility. To support the flow of credit to consumers and businesses, the TALF will enable the issuance of asset-backed securities backed by student loans, auto loans, credit card loans, loans guaranteed Uh. by Small Business Administration, and certain other assets. So now they're getting into buying student loan debt, auto loan debt, credit card loan debt, and a bunch of other stuff. They should buy some Bitcoin. Should definitely do that because they're fucked. Um, next, second to last bullet point, facilitating the flow of credit to municipalities by expanding the money market mutual fund liquidity facility to include a wider range of securities, including municipal variable rate demand notes and bank certificates of deposit. Um, so I think just municipality debt they're going to get into as well. Um and then the last one, facilitating the flow of credit to municipalities by expanding the commercial paper funding facility to include high-quality tax-exempt commercial paper as eligible securities. In addition, the pricing of the facility has been reduced. Um, so, so they're, they're tr- trying to provide liquidity to municipalities there. Basically, um, and one thi- they're going to buy a ton of, sto- ton of shit, but not stocks. Not yet. Like that's everything, last, everything but stocks. That's that may be the last arrow in the quiver. Stocks is just like and gold. It's like a hot dog in the hallway. They, they they can already buy gold. I'm pretty sure. But are they? Why aren't they? Are they? I don't know. The crazy I thing to think, me no, is think. is that this is like self imposed. We shut down like all businesses. I mean, it was already a house of cards. I think one of the issues that a lot of these guys are are, are making that are leading to bad decisions is they are act- actually operating under the belief that we had a healthy economy before we went into this thing. It's like, oh, the virus came out of nowhere. We had such a healthy economy. But when you look at it from the perspective of that wasn't a healthy economy, that was a house of cards, you look at it with a completely different perspective. And And for them to be throwing out all these guns and just like, going balls to the wall here after self-imposing a shutdown for or it's already been like a week in most places and now it's going to go even longer um and just ignoring that whole aspect while throwing all these guns is like pretty pretty crazy to me yeah it's crazy and on top of that here's here's a cherry on top of all this ben hunt 
um, pointed this out this morning. Loss in the Fed shuffle today is that they relaxed bank total loss absorbing capacity buffer restriction specifically to allow banks to continue discretionary bonus payments. And this, you would not find this in the press release. This was hidden deep in the minutes. So they, as everything's going to shit, they they had to make sure that they included a clause that made it so bank executives could get discretionary bonus payments, which if you Very remember, important, Marty. which if you remember correctly, hit an all time high after in 2009 after, after the crisis, they all paid themselves as they were failing. So fucked. Um, I wonder if Ben is uh, bullish on Bitcoin now. I wonder if he still thinks we're going to get dragged out in the street and shot. Yeah. Got to get him on the, got to get him on the pod. Uh, one other thing I wanted like get him on the pod again. One of the uh, things I wanted to mention um, just as like a corollary to Bitcoin and why Bitcoin has value and why the overwhelming majority of altcoins don't compete with Bitcoin. Uh, one of the reasons they don't compete with Bitcoin is because it really comes down to, to how hard it is to change that 21 million cap. And with Bitcoin, it's extremely fucking difficult. It'll be like, it's pretty much impossible to change it. Um, and all, all these other projects, um, they can be changed just as easily as it's, as it's happening right now with the US dollar. Uh, and that, I think it's an, it's an important uh, lesson for people to learn while this is all unfolding. Might as well learn that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's extremely hard to change Bitcoin. Everything else created in this wake is a scam in my opinion. I'm not going to speak for Matt, but I don't think you'll ever be able to replicate Bitcoin's immaculate reception, reception, inception, excuse me. The fact that it flew under the radar was an conception, inception, conception. No, inception. Yeah. But conception is a play on the actual immaculate conception, right? Yeah. 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 True, true. I'm talking about the fair launch, though. Like the fair launch, the fact that it it laid under the radar for so long, and then only became, uh, not only became, but it, it people just slowly trickled into it over time, and it became robust over time naturally. Uh, now, if you were to launch a cryptocurrency, there's too many eyes on the space. You're going to bastardize that whole process. It yeah. won't be as pure. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't call, I don't think every project's a scam. I think they're all trending to zero. I think the majority of them are scams. Uh, but it all trending to zero in terms of Bitcoin because Bitcoin's designed to pump forever. Uh, but what I, I just, I just want to highlight that again because it's really hard. It's impossible to actually quantify how hard it is to change the cap of any of these projects or the U.S. dollar or anything really it's it's hard to quantify how it how hard it is to change but it's there it's tangible but it requires observation and basically assessment individually over over how hard you think it is for it to change because there's no way to really say like oh well bitcoin's got harder to change or less hard to change like over time you just have to kind of kind of take a subjective assessment yeah i mean i i tweeted about it yesterday the uh, Bitcoin sign guide meme, like the buy Bitcoin sign, that that meme is the most powerful meme in monetary history, in my opinion, because of the juxtaposition of buy Bitcoin and the, the 
headline on Bloomberg, particularly that day, was uh, Janet Yellen, the Fed is opposed to an audit of the Federal Reserve. Uh, and so the juxtaposition of buy Bitcoin next to that headline where Janet Yellen saying, no, you can't audit the Fed, you can't see our books, you can't look at what we're doing, is so powerful because, again, Bitcoin, the nature of it is so that that Matt, like Matt just described, that you can audit at any time. If you're running a full node, you can literally go into the command line and see how many Bitcoins have been dispersed to the market at any given point in time. And you can confirm that your transactions are actually coming through your node to the address that you uh, have created with your private key. Um, and in the Fed, you don't get that. They, don't, they won't even let you look at their books. It's a black box. They have infinite cash. They have infinite cash. They're not going to tell you where it's coming from. But believe me, believe them. It's there. They can do it. BSG also had great performance since that uh, that stunt he pulled. What was it? It was uh, like the S&P was trading at 2,400. Bitcoin was trading like in a similar range. And now Bitcoin's over 6,000. The S&P is at 2,300. Yeah, it's lower. Uh, that was a great stat. Whoever threw that out there, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, great stat. And, and that wasn't even on my mind. I didn't realize that. So that's great to know. Bitcoin has outperformed the S and P since July 12, 2017. Um, I mean, it's a good range for us. Things yeah, are just is getting range. going. Touching on, did we, did this hit the recording or did we talk about this, uh, after we recorded what the potential for there be, being like a gap step? Uh, return to the gold standard. No, we talked about that on Before, the episode. I, I disagreed okay. with you. I said we're going to have a yeah. sad standard. I, I agree to. I agree we're going to get to a sad standard. But on that subject, uh, Russia has continued their their accumulation of gold. I wrote about it last April, April 23rd, 2019. Over the course of the first two decades of the 21st century, China and Russia have been heavily accumulating gold. Uh, and in that, in this particular bent where I talked about this, uh, the question is, are they just trying to catch up with other nations? Is there a long-term plan uh, to make a move in the currency markets? Uh, like what, is, why are they doing this? I still don't know why, but it came out last week. A lot of people thought Russia was sort of going to curb their, their gold buying, uh, they're buying a bullion and it came out that they added 400 ounces or 12, almost 12 and a half tons of gold to its reserves in February, which is double the amount they added in January. And again, uh, a lot of people were surmising that they were going to be cutting uh, their purchases. So it seems like Russia is stepping up their gold purchases as uh, when that was in February. So that was before the sort of mass hysteria took over. Mass hysteria didn't really take over till the middle uh, first week of March. So it seems that, that Russia, again, is posturing, accumulating a lot of gold, and that's having a lot of people question, why are they doing that? Like, are they thinking about regressing, or not regressing, uh, reverting to a a quasi-gold standard as as money markets around the world go a little crazy? You think Putin owns any Bitcoin? I would not be surprised. I think he I think he owns some Bitcoin. Yeah, that's crazy that they're just and I, I think Francis uh 
Francis posted the gold reserves for Canada like a week ago or something. Did you see that chart? Yeah, they sold all they sold all their gold reserves. They're so dumb. Oh my god, complete capitulation on that one. Ah, that's gonna bite them in the ass. Um, everyone has a. All the countries have a chance at a restart here if they if they start accumulating Bitcoin. Consider it. Yeah. Definitely consider it. Um, think yeah, things are getting frothy, freaks, and like. Going back to Neil Kashkari, like a, that that GIF or that video, that little eighteen second clip. If you're like a practitioner of body language, this dude is freaking out. His eyes are all buggy. He's blinking. You could tell he's like a bit nervous. It seems like uh, the powers that be are trying to hold everything together, and they're freaking out on the inside. It's uh, weird times. Weird times. Should we jump into some Bitcoin things and then we'll go back to authoritarianism at the end? Yeah, let's do that. So join market so, uh, just got updated. V0.6.2 is a big maintenance release. So if you use join market, go go check that out. Go download it. Uh, and join market, they just, uh, they just submitted a PR for Fidelity Bonds. It hasn't been merged yet. Um, but the idea of fidelity bonds, so join market is a coin join implementation. Um, the, the biggest issue with coin join is something called a Sybil attack, which is basically you have a malicious individual, uh, try and be as many of the participants of coin join as possible. So then they can de-anonymize the process, uh, based on the information that they've collected being part of all of them. And if you're target a, a specific person, you can you can reduce the, the amount of, of civil attacking you have to do. Um, so the idea of fidelity bonds uh, is, so, so the main way to combat a civil attack is two ways. Is the, that has been in practice. Um, just sheer volume, the, you know, the, the more participants in these coin join implementations, the harder it is to isolate any specific participant because you're hiding among a crowd. It costs a lot more money to civil attack. And then the second thing is a fee. And the idea is that the fee costs you money, so as you try and scale up a Sybil attack, uh, it it becomes more and more expensive for you to actually pull it off. So the but the problem is it's hard to find the balance where it reduces a Sybil attack because the fee is high, but it doesn't reduce usage, which is what you want. You want a lot of people using it. So the idea of fidelity bonds is that you basically. Uh, provide like a security deposit, a time lock security deposit. And the idea there is that it it becomes very expensive for you to Sybil attack, but if you're an honest actor, you get the money back at the end anyway. Um, so it's an interesting balance uh, and it seems kind of promising. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, Chris uh, Chris Belcher, hope I'm pronouncing his name right, um, uh, presented this to the Bitcoin mailing list in early August, I believe, or late August, early August. And uh, when he descri- when he dropped it on the list then, he basically described it uh, as something that makes a lot of sense for committed long-term hodlers, like you were saying, Matt, because it, it sort of aligns incentives uh, where if you're a long-term hodler, you are incentivized to... Uh, interact with these fidelity bonds they use op check clock time verify which uh, basically dictates that your coins are held in a multi-sig address for x amount of blocks Um, and if you're a long-term hodler 
you want to make some money on your Bitcoin and you want to uh, increase everybody's anonymity set. This makes a lot of sense because uh, you uh, increase the authentic anonymity set, which leads to increased utility, which leads to increased demand and therefore an increase of price over time. So the way these fidelity bonds are set up really uh, incentivize people to participate, especially good actors. And like Matt said, if people are civil attacking to, um, to basically mess up the coin joins, they, they probably want to do that in a timely manner. And this really throws a wrench in that by making them have to lock it up for, for a long time. So it may dissuade attackers from even trying. Yeah, it definitely makes it more expensive. Uh, it exposes them to more price risk. Um, and, but it good, uh, you know, users acting in good faith, uh, aren't really penalized for it. If they're going to hold anyway, they're going to hold. Um, just one thing here is I think Samurai handles this kind of elegantly too. Um, with, with the, the way their fee structure is set up is specifically set up to deter, it deters civil, it costs a civil attacker more money but it costs a user acting in good faith less money on the fee that gets charged. And the reason for that is because the more you send in to a pool at any given time, um, the lower your percentage fee is. Uh, But by doing that, uh, the software knows that they're all connected inputs. Um, So none of them mix together. So if you're trying to sibyl a mix... Uh, if you, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying not to say mix anymore, but if you're trying to sibyl a coin join round, what the uh, fuck, man? you want to get like, let's say, so a samurai round is five, five UTXOs per round. Th- the idea is in the ideal situation, you're a sibyl attacker. You want to be four of the five, right? And then you, you know who the fifth one is because you're the other four. Um, in this case, you would have to basically run four different instances and pay four times the fees as the honest person, because the honest person doesn't care um, that they're all in different rounds. Cause all the UTXOs that come in at the same time are all in different rounds. So that's a pretty cool way that they handled it. Um, but I also think this fidelity bond idea is very promising. Yeah, no, I mean, it seems like there's a mad dash to make privacy uh, stronger, make the privacy assurances stronger. Uh, for for users via coin join which is incredible to see the the competition is heating up and while we have whirlpool on top of the mind uh it seems that march march volume is going to uh be three times or oh higher than the last three months combined excuse me massive just going straight up so on thursday we mentioned that it was about to breach the point where it was higher than the last two months combined and since then not only have we breached that point but we've breached the last three months combined um yeah and so right now uh one other thing that's interesting uh and just like just keep in mind um there's no way for us to verify the number but the samurai guys are tracking how many users are using dojo versus uh using no node the no node users versus the node users and it appears that the most the highest percentage of users using their own node is the 0.05 pool the middle pool um and then it goes to the i think it's like 80 percent or something and then it goes down to like 60 percent for the point point five pool the 50 million the biggest pool and then the the last pool is 
50%. So I just, I don't know, I just thought those those numbers were interesting. But we can't verify them, so uh, just keep that in mind. Um, you know, I just, from logic, would think that the majority of the liquidity is going to be from users that run their own node. Because if you're running this thing 24-7, why aren't you using your own node? Um, and then on that note, Noddle Dojo got updated. Um, was, uh, I, was, I was very happy with Keto Miner for, for getting this update out. Um, and it brings RTL onto the Dojo. And it oh, it updates RTL, but it also brings Whirlpool CLI onto it. Uh, which was sorely missed. So I'm super excited that it's finally there. So basically with the Noddle Dojo, because you have Dojo and Whirlpool on the device, um, you can run the the coin join rounds 24-7. And because of the way Samurai is set up, you don't pay for those rounds that are running in the background. So you just set it up on your Noddle Dojo and you're good to go. Slowly but surely. Let's fucking go. Shout out to the Noddle team. Shout out to the Samurai team. Again, really, really helping build the the privacy assurances, which, again, we've said this a lot. They're subpar at the moment, if we're being honest, with Bitcoin's uh, privacy assurances. They're subpar. But tools like Whirlpool, uh, tools like the Noddle that, and MyNode, which make access to these tools easier, are really going to help push us against that threshold. Join market, adding fidelity bonds, just adding to the the incentives of providing liquidity for uh, coin join pools is is incredible to see. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I the freaks know I think it's Bitcoin's biggest weakness, so um, it's really fantastic to see. And uh, I think now that we have that whole scaling bullshit behind us, I mean, we've seen for the last last year and a half, two years. Um, massive improvement on the privacy front. I mean, let's be honest; there was it was a very low bar, uh, but it's 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 been the momentum seems to be building, uh, and I, I look forward yeah. to see what they have for us in store. No, and I guess this is is a good time to mention too. We should take extreme ownership over this. Just you know, don't if you're explaining Bitcoin to somebody, be open about this stuff. Like, hey, if you're going to use it. it just know that the privacy assurances aren't perfect at the moment. They're getting better. Here's how you can make sure that you're um, using Bitcoin in the most private way that you can uh, be upfront about it. It's important that we have extreme ownership and we don't try to sugarcoat anything. We should be as open as we can about this stuff because at the end of the day, it really only makes us stronger. You highlight pain points and, and try to fix them. And that's actually a good segue into Human Rights Foundation article by Eric Wall, uh, Privacy and Cryptocurrency Part 5, BISC, RuneScape, and Stories from Buying Bitcoin Anonymously. So he described uh, ways in which you can you can acquire Bitcoin in, in a very private way. He bought through RuneScape. And yeah, which is, which is pretty crazy. You know, so I I think he, that he was Tio, doing he was doing like yeah. he was doing like actions in the game and then getting paid for a service. No, no, no. He did the trade in there and he traded Rune. I think he bought RuneScape Gold and then he traded the RuneScape Gold for Bitcoin. That's um, what it was, yeah. And he successfully completed a hodl hodl trade. Um, he got 
he got held up on, you know, BISC requires a Bitcoin security deposit, so he said that disqualified them. But anyway, it's good. It's a good deep dive. The you know the TLDR is it's extremely hard to buy Bitcoin um, perfectly anonymously, and then there's different levels there. Um, you know, like when he bought through Hodl Hodl, he he did it through Revolut, which is a, like a traditional banking system app um, in Europe, or or maybe it's just it's completely digital bank. But anyway, um, so. So the person he paid knew, but Hoddle Hoddle didn't know. So there's all these different trade-offs, um, and he goes into them. So that's really great. Um, and and he does mention, which I still think. I mean, it, friends and family and those kind of connections are always um, going to be superior in the in these situations. I think. Um, and as we see Bitcoin adoption increase, um, the people that you know that have Bitcoin. Um, or want Bitcoin uh, increase uh, along with it. Yeah. Slowly but surely. That's a great article. Go check it out. Human Rights Foundation, man. Alex Gladstein, Eric Wall. Eric's no longer working for them full time, but I guess he's still writing stuff for them. Uh, They're really for the cause. Alex specifically, uh, he came out. He's I mean, not that he came out in defense of Bitcoin recently. He's always in defense of Bitcoin, but he's, really uh on the front lines of of calling out despotic governments and pushing bitcoin forward as a human rights issue and and something that that we need uh if we want to have freedom in the digital age so shout out to them a lot of people have uh preconceived notions of these foundations and uh the the authenticity of what they're doing and from what i can tell i know alex pretty well uh, don't know Eric as well, but his content's incredible. They seem down for the cause. Everything they put out is really up to snuff, uh, on my radar at least. At a Gladstein on Twitter. Just Gladstein. He just says Gladstein? Yeah, it's just Gladstein. Wow. I wonder if he has the domain. Yeah. That's a great tag, Alex. Well done. <laughs> um. Sticking on Bitcoin, shout out to our sponsor, Cash App. They're making sats the standard. Our good friend, Miles Suter, tweeted that out yesterday. Uh, Android users only right now. They're working on iOS. You don't have the update? I believe not Not on iOS yet, do you? No, I have it on Android. It's fucking sexy. Yeah. Dude, the purchase history is fucking dope. It's just like millions of, you know, million sats here, million sats there, all in like the millions. It makes you feel like a baller. But anyway, it's great to see. There's a little option in the... You can toggle it on or off. Uh, it's not the standard yet. We're getting we're getting closer. Right now, it defaults to Bitcoin still. Um, yeah. But yeah, one, one step at a time, yeah, but- one company at a time, SATs will become the standard. Now, another p- important thing to note, which we've been teasing in the ad reads in that same thread... Uh, where Miles announced Sat the Standard, uh, somebody asked, Cash App just gets it, kudos, went auto-buy for Bitcoin, and Miles responded soon. So it seems like we'll be able to auto-buy via the Cash App soon. Soon is a, is a, is a, is a funny meme throughout the history of, of two Bitcoin weeks. and altcoins specifically. Two weeks. Litecoin's going to get added uh, to Mt. Gox in two weeks. Soon. The butterfly miners will ship in two weeks. 
Um, but auto right. buys is huge. But, auto buys is huge because, yeah, it's just it's just a very convenient way to stack because you just don't have to think about it, and it's a good way to take like a portion of your salary, um, and just on payday, just have like a portion of it. It's like you're getting paid in Bitcoin. Um, yeah, it'll make the fryer happy. I have a friend who like. That's like the one like Coinbase can go fuck themselves, and I, I don't use Coinbase. But the one good thing that they've had forever is that dollar cost average tool. And I have a friend who you know he just didn't even realize it's just been running for like two years. Just added up a ton. Yeah, that's it's huge, um, and it makes sense. It's uh, it should be the standard on all these these exchanges too should be that easy to stack sats you should be able to put a little bit of your paycheck in it as soon as it, as soon as you get it um we're seeing it become much more common cool. yeah we got uh we got the original bitcoin wizard back the uh one of the first advertisements uh magic internet gathering and basically out of aka mint gox um out of the demand for virtual experiences that's being driven by uh the world grinding to a halt it seems that a bunch of bitcoiners got together and created uh magic internet gathering as a socio-economic movement as an experiment in new behaviors and activities that are purely virtual does magical internet money enable us to come together for new types of activities using the magical power of the internet let's find out so it's going to be on cyberspace it's going to be monthly events uh and the first one is a virtual fighting championship. Yeah, so so the this is the it's the team behind ZBD, uh Bitcoin gaming company. Um so th- that's the whole idea. The whole idea is to basically promote this online Bitcoin gaming uh concept while everyone's stuck stuck at home in quarantine. Uh and I think it's a great fucking idea. Um I have it I had it as like the last story on the list because I thought it was feel good, but I think there's like a good connection here. Like, did you see that they had NASCAR drivers in like full simulation uh, controls? I thought it was Formula One. It was it was Formula One, wasn't it? No, it was. I think it was NASCAR on FS1, wasn't it? It might have been. They had Formula One as well. Um, I know they had Formula One did it too. They did like a Grand Prix virtually, and people were saying it was more exciting. Than real Grand Prix, and I've been, I've been like, hey, I might, I think I might be the biggest Formula One fan in the world now. I watched that Netflix documentary on Formula One. Never really uh, got interested in it till I saw this, but now uh, big fan of the Formula One world. It's, it seems like an intense, highly competitive uh, sport where I just sort of ignored it. I want to yeah. go to Monaco and see Grand Prix there. It's strange; it's not bigger in America. You know, NASCAR really dominates here. But anyway, that's pretty... This this move to esports, um, even traditional sports moving to esports, uh, is, you know, pretty interesting to watch. And I wonder how much it sticks. And I mean, I think it was kind of the future to begin with. Not that all sports are going to get removed, um, but that esports were going to do, you know, bigger and bigger audiences, uh, bigger and bigger revenues as well. But... I think this is going to hasten it. I think we should see some, you know, rapid change here and stick stick with it through the the crisis. And and one of the things that someone mentioned to me that I didn't really think about was gambling. Um, 
all the gamblers, they like need something to gamble on. That's big business. So you got to get these things out just for that alone. There's no other sports going on. Yeah. Now this, uh, this virus is economic crisis, whatever you call it. It's going to hasten a lot of things. It's already doing work from home. Uh, like you were saying, your family's congregating on zoom. Uh, it's going to really, we've talked about it in the last couple of weeks. It's really driven demand for 3d printed goods. Uh, I saw uh, like a 12 year old printing 3d printed masks for people. Uh, it's, I think it's going to accelerate or decelerate the, the global globalization of the world. I think people are really going to start reconsidering how their supply chains are constructed and where they're located Automation. Massive ramifications. Automation. Everything. So you disagree uh, with me here. Drone I, deliveries. I put this in the standard and you mentioned it. Um, so we might as well talk about it now. So I think China comes out of this thing stronger than ever. Like I think China gets into an even better position geopolitically than they were before. Um, and I mentioned in passing last la, uh, last week on, on Thursday that these companies that fail, they're going to be gobbled up by a ton of Chinese investment. Um, so you di- do you disagree with that? You think China ends up worse off after everything settles? I strongly disagree. Yeah, I think I think this, this whole event, uh, specifically the the supply chain um, being centralized over there, and then the the posturing of China not not Chinese citizens. Like, Chinese Communist Party specifically throughout this whole thing not being upright with what was going on in Wuhan and what was going on with the virus and uh, sort of keeping everybody out of the loop as that was spreading in their own country which a lot of people think allowed it to spread to the rest of the world I just think the trust is not going to be there Um, I know Trump uh, specifically he's been on um, sort of a a beeline to sort of restructure our agreements with China. Uh, I don't think things like uh, Huawei, however you fuck you say it, um, bringing 5G to America, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Huawei. It's one of my, one of my um, favorite companies to pronounce. Uh, yeah, I think people are, I think, yeah, I strongly disagree because I think at least America, America I'll speak for America only, uh, is going to s- strongly reconsider uh, how we interact with China. Um, I mean, it came out that they're they're paying um, they're paying Harvard professors to basically uh, engage in espionage, which is pretty fucked. Like, I, I think there's going to be some repercussions from that. It's what winners do. There will be a line drawn. Um, we're we're not going to. What are you, what are we going to do to them for that? We're not going to do an. Um, I fear for our country. I I think we are witnessing. You know. Are, we're, we were the ultimate superpower. No one came close to us. I think we're witnessing the reversal of that, um, and it's coming quicker than expected. I think we what we're going to watch play out here is basically America just struggling to do anything. You know, in our own domestic sphere, we're having trouble right now, and you're going to see China basically do their version of the Marshall Plan. They're going and they're rebuilding all these countries, and where will we be? I don't, I don't know if we'll be there, and I, I think, I think it should be interesting to play out. That's a cuck mentality in my mind. Uh, I don't. It's not think, a cuck mentality. I don't think. Yes, it because, is. Wait, because I'm think, not the one I don't doing think, it. 
What do you mean? I'm not in charge of that. You know, I just, oh. it's my observation, you know, as much well, I again, am an like, American and it, it sucks to see, but like, what am I supposed to do about that? It's just, the, it's like it's the, the whole thing we've American been fucking talking power. about, dude. We've been talking about this the whole, like we need top or excuse me, bottom up changes. Like we should and be shifting away from that type of mentality where these autocratic regimes basically make decisions from the top down. And that is, and again, with that being said, I think I don't think China's stable. I don't think the way they make decisions is stable. The top-down decision-making that they have, it's proven not to even work for the Chinese people in the long run. Like it is yeah, well, I'm it not creates saying it's instability. Gonna, I'm not saying it's, it's going to last forever, but even it's if naturally we have fragile. Even if we successfully enact bottom-up change, you know, citadels basically, um China's going to dominate in the near term until they fall as well. Like they, 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 their top-down approach, extremely centralized and corrupt as it is, is a very effective approach, and they've been winning. I and again, if you think our economy is fragile, the the shadow banking system in China is ten times worse. All like this, if if you have some supply chain shift away from them, that that'll be massively bad for their. Uh, for their economy. And then on top of that, they have a demographics problem as well uh, due to their one child policy. I don't think, uh, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't see China uh, taking over the world. That meme has been going around for a while. I do think it's a cuck mentality. I do, it's I not do a cuck mentality. Yes, it, let me talk. Ridiculous. I do think it is. You're saying, oh, they're going to take over the world. America can't do anything about it. We have created the best apps, the best companies the world has ever seen. I can't believe I said apps. We've created the best companies. We're the most uh, creative country in the world when it comes to producing things. Like, I don't think that's going to stop just because we've been complacent for a little bit here um, due to monetary policy and the, the slow centralization of our government. I do think the ideals of Americanism and freedom and ingenuity still exist uh, within individual Americans. And I do think a fire is currently being lit under our asses that will, uh, that will incite uh, a, a renaissance like we have not seen in quite some time. I'm not going to bow down to China and let them bring. I'm, I'm not going to bow down to China. I don't bow down. To That's what it, you America. just said. No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to call me. It's not a cuck mentality. It's an observation. It's a cuck it's, mentality. It's what it is. And and you're absolutely wow. right. People have been talking about it for years. My grandfather talked about it until he, you know, passed away. For like 20 years he talked about it. He said that Matt when you turn 50, you're going to speak Mandarin. And you know, he was wrong. He's going to be wrong, but it's only because we're going to have like auto translators at that point. So like no one will have to know the different languages. Again, I don't think it's stable enough. I think the the, the top-down nature of their government's uh, very fragile. And and I think I wouldn't be surprised if after all this virus stuff, you see actual like civil disobedience within China or civil uprising by the peasant class because of the way they were lied to and the whole virus was, was taken care of. They just again, rounded still up... Exactly they rounded up like everyone who was anti-government in like the recent 
in the the whole coronavirus response. They like eliminated all of their fucking enemies. They got all the protests to stop. I don't know. I I hope yeah. I hope people around the world stand up to their governments, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't see I don't I don't want to see a future in which China dominates. Fuck the CCP. Fuck those people. They literally have concentration camps where they they have concentration camps bigger than fucking Auschwitz. Like how the fuck is it any way shape or form acceptable to uh to believe that they're going to take over the world? Like that's going to that maybe that maybe that's something we should harp on more here in the west. They literally have concentration camps that are bigger than Auschwitz was at its height. Like they people are calling Trump racist for the Chinese virus stuff. Like the the Chinese are probably the most racist regime in the world right now. They're rounding up Muslims and selling their fucking organs to the highest Saudi bidder. It's fucked up. I don't want that regime being the dominant regime in the world. And I'm not, I don't think you are either. Of course not. But we not. need the mentality of, we need the mentality of we're going to fucking beat these guys in the long run. The no, CCP. No, we need to fucking put up. They're fucked. Yeah. No, we don't put louder. up. Yeah. It's true. That's why we Bitcoin. <sighs> Freak, sorry you had to hear that that little tiff between me and Matt. Like fucking Hitler dominated for a while. You didn't have to agree with him, but the people that the people that said he was going to dominate for a while, they they ended up being right. You know, I don't think they were cucks. How much did he dominate for? I don't know, like ten, 10 years, years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. China. I mean, people would say China dominated the world market the last fifteen years and have really amassed. Uh, and they have been the fastest growing economy. Maybe that was their their 15 years of dominance. And this may be the event that sort of wakes the world up to, hey, what the fuck is going on? I hope so. With the CCP. They're rounding up fucking Muslims and killing them alive, sterilizing them, taking their organs and selling it to people. We do not want them to take over the world. And the fucked up thing is they're selling it to other Muslims who need uh, halal organs. Exactly. That, that's fucked it's up fucked. on the on the buyer's part, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. Huh. See, this God is why damn, I put the, the NASCAR. So this is why I put the NASCAR story last because I was like, oh, we can we can end on on NASCAR virtual NASCAR on on FS1. That's crazy. Um, I'll end it. I got an, a good note to end it on. Well, let's not end it yet because we should we should still go on the negative news. We should talk about this uh, California police department that now has four drones to monitor coronavirus. Yeah. Shoot them down. You don't need to use a gun. You can throw toilet paper at them. Shinobi. That's expensive, made it clear dude. that you could take down these drones. Yeah, it's true. You have to decide, do you want to waste bullets or, or toilet paper? But yeah, the, and it's crazy. The, that's the other thing we talked about it. Last week, the virus, the fear is at an all-time high right now. People are scared as shit. Fear is at, like, heights not seen since 9-11. And this is when the sociopaths like to fucking pounce. And they like to tighten their grip of control over you. And it seems that, like we already mentioned, the DOJ seeking permission to tame people indefinitely. Uh, Israel went into full lockdown, and they're uh, basically using phone data, uh, monitoring phone data and to track people and whether or not they have the virus or uh, have taken medicine for it. And or they're about to release it. a phone app for it too in Israel. 
that checks yes. all your location and data and then checks it off compared to uh, other people that have had coronavirus and tells you if you should go home or not. Yeah. And then Mattis Manson, the Chula Vista police in California are going to use four drones to monitor the coronavirus shutdown. And they're going to be using Chinese uh, software that basically allows you to use cameras to identify people and has mics on it to yell at people. Uh, it's minority report shit. Like this is fucking unacceptable. They're, they're trying like they're going to say, Hey, this is only going to be for as long as the virus is. We need to disperse crowds and we need to do it without touching people or, or being physically around them. Uh, and then once the virus is gone, which it probably inevitably will be at some point in the near, near to medium term, uh, they're gonna be like, Hey, these drones were cool. We could use these for other things. And soon enough, uh, you're going to have 50 people gathering to talk about their right to own Bitcoin and the drone's going to come in and start spraying you with bear mace. <laughs> I love how they tried to pitch it as they were like, oh, but we're also going to tell like homeless people with the drone, like where they can find, uh, special treatment and stuff like that. Um, I like that that was their pitch. Uh, we forgot to yeah. talk about Ellen Markets. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. What do you um, think of this? Ellen Markets. I haven't tested it out yet. Uh, it Yeah, basically it's a derivatives market that allows you to trade Bitcoin derivatives via the Lightning Network without creating an account. Uh, you just hook up your wallet to the exchange or the derivatives exchange and you basically do non-custodial derivatives trading. I've not tested it out. I cannot speak to the, uh, the, um, I believe it's custodial, but instant sell settlement, isn't it? So it says too long. Don't read LM markets as lightning network application for derivatives trading, leverage your sats in a trust minimized environment. No email or registration. Connect your, connect your funds instantly with your lightning wallet. So you're, you're, it's connected to your wallet that you're identifying. Um, and it only has semi-custodial wallets, so Phoenix, Blue Wallet, Jewel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is just the beginning. The Lightning Network will be used as a settlement rail by all leading financial institutions. Um, so the demo is pretty cool. I mean, they're just uh, quick settlement to start trading derivatives with Bitcoin. Again, if you want to trade, this seems cool. That's been the biggest knock on trading uh particularly arbitrage between exchanges is that the nature of bitcoin at the protocol level with 10 minute block times and uh, the need to wait for x amount of confirmations before you can be confident that your um that your uh the block that your transaction is accepted and isn't going to be rewritten uh the lightning network really helps with that with instant settlement so this is allowing you to move uh, funds to the LN market uh, derivatives exchange instantly and trade instantly. Um, but again, I have not tested it out yet. I can't speak to uh, the quality of the app or <laughs> the legality of trading these derivatives. It's, it's definitely not legal for Americans. Yeah. Um, so I won't test it out. <laughs> but uh, it, it'll be hard to... I feel like it can be hard to scale something like this. Um, so I, I, it's, it, it looks cool. I'm, I'm curious to see how it all plays out. 
Um, but you have, you know, I think lightning's still very much in its nascency. Uh, so, you know, we have, what, if, if, you, if the average users, their channel needs to be under 16 million sats, um, the custodial platforms still have a lot of advantages over something like this, at least in the near term. Um, and for, for someone like me, I, this is not a product for me. I would never, I would never use this. Um, I just dollar cost average Bitcoin. It's a fairly simple strategy. I suck at trading. Um, one other I thing. At, I suck. Yeah. I was going to say, I suck at trading as well. Um, and I'm a dollar cost averager as well, but there are traders out there who like it. Let us know what you think if you're trading, if you're testing this, um, and, in a, in a legally in a legal jurisdiction let us know and yeah it, i mean it is going to take some time probably to find liquidity on the books i don't know maybe maybe LM markets is doing some market making providing some liquidity on the other side but um yeah it's interesting it's it's a it's a stepping stone in the right direction i would imagine exactly exactly um yeah i like i have nothing against traders i just think 99 percent of people would be better off dollar cost averaging um but for those one percent, absolutely. And is it a huge value prop of Bitcoin that you have all these markets you can trade on, with with limited uh, identity information and sometimes no identity information? Absolutely. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up that I don't have on the list, I forgot to put on the list, and it's kind of just tangential. Um, a lot of the internet companies, the ISPs in a, in America, have pulled their data caps for the coronavirus. They like signed a pledge like Comcast and a bunch of others. Um, and the whole re which is great and all that's great. Like everyone's home, they're working from home, they're watching Netflix, they're doing all their zoom chats and whatnot. Uh, let's alleviate them of their data caps because we're good Americans. But I want everyone to remember here that the whole reason those data caps exist is because they said during times of high congestion, there was no way for them to manage the load um, without the data caps. Meanwhile, we have the highest congestion ever in residential areas since the internet ever got it, ever got created, and they removed the data caps, and everything's going swimmingly. So, you know, fuck them for that. Something to think about. Wow. Wow. Yes. Thank you for calling that out. Wow. Another thing the crisis is really driving home. Is the internet a public utility? They're treating it as one right now. Um, right. You know, I this it's a very it's a very hot topic. Um, I think our biggest issue with the internet, uh, as it stands, internet infrastructure is that that last mile to homes in America, at least this is America specific. Um, you you don't have any competition there. Usually, a home gets one or two max good internet providers. Um, so there, it's very easy for them to gouge you on price, uh, and limit your internet service and just give you, you know, overall shitty terms. Um, and one of the reasons for that is because if you're, if you're laying fiber down, you need to cross all these different public right of ways, uh, roads, train tracks, stuff like that. And it's really hard to get those approvals, um, at, at the local state and federal level. So, uh, we end up in the situation where, regulation itself stops the competition, right? So like ideally, 
you know, we see inroads with wireless and stuff like that that increases the competition on the on the local level, and then you won't have that issue. You'll just get really quality service at a competitive price because everyone's competing with each other. Um, but until then, uh, you know, it's it's a really messy situation. Like I, I I personally think you know people shouldn't get internet for free, but the actual providers, like if you're if it's if it's you know at least in the near term, while we're in a situation where people only have one or two providers, those providers shouldn't be able to um, like segregate your traffic, like decide which traffic is, is good traffic and which traffic is bad. I mean, ideally all that traffic should be encrypted and they shouldn't have any idea what's flowing through there. They should just be offering you the pipe and, and you're using it. Yeah. Yeah. Very nuanced, interesting discussion. We'll have a we'll have a more nuanced discussion on that at a later date. Check out uh, NYC Mesh if you're in New York. Help uh, help drive that conversation or excuse me, a competition from from the bottom up. Yeah, that's the ideal. That's the ideal, and I think that's the most effective. What a rip, man! Hey, freak. Sorry, sorry that you you saw Uncle Marty and Uncle Mac in a little fight there. Um, I but mean, hey. look, one of us will be right and one of us will be the cuck. Time will tell. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Um, anything you want to end it on? I Ooh. I I love you, oh. freaks. What? I love you too. No, I remember the uh, the positive note I wanted to end it on. I meditated for ten minutes today, first time in quite a while. Felt good. Focusing you, on my breath, just sitting there in silence. You didn't use an app or anything. You just did it yourself. I just did it myself. Yeah. Very good. Crossed very my good. legs. Worked on my posture. Did some deep breathing, and I did. I just set a ten minute timer and. When it when it went off, I was actually surprised. It went by a lot faster, and then I was able to gather my thoughts, make some actionable, uh, make a list of actionable things I could do after meditation. Got them done. Felt good. Felt good. Next time you should do a one block timer. Then it could be like thirty seconds, or it could be an hour. You just don't even know. Oh, that's playing. Ooh, that's an app idea. That's an app idea. You could just call it block uh, timer. Block timer meditation uh what would uh what would the name for the meditation app be i don't know variable meditation variable meditation probabilistic meditation time if you're listening freaks you're feeling motivated make it yeah um yeah thanks for joining us again that was a long stimulus package we went hour and 20 minutes almost a lot of shit to cover love you freaks Peace and love.